Hi, I'm Haley. And I'm Becky. And this is How to Not Get Killed. Howdy. What's up? What's cracking? Nothing. Let's go. Okay. All let's right. go. <laughs> let's fucking do this. No, actually, no. seriously, we don't. We don't have any. No. We don't have anything. Nothing's changed. No. I've changed. I'm a new person. <laughs> <laughs> I've changed as well. <laughs> From an hour ago, I have changed. Yes, we recorded changed. the last episode. <laughs> we we have nothing. I don't have anything. Yeah, I don't have anything other than um, like I know we put warnings on these episodes and stuff, but just, it's yeah, this is uh, this is gonna be a rough one. It's gonna be a rough one. In terms of goriness, not necessarily. It's just like very. Um, brutal it's just very like morally conflicting oh no it, it, you'll understand why okay it's right. just yeah and it's just it's, it's upsetting it's upsetting well, all of them are of course i was just gonna I say it's all, all of them are. them are yeah but it's i was saying yeah. to you earlier becky that like i had this book um that my mother-in-law gave me that just has like all these cases in it and was sort of like oh like the hope this will like help with the podcast <laughs> and i just like cracked it open and was like i'll just pick a random random case case you Perfect. know what i mean i'll just yeah. do that and it was this one and i'm like whoa why did i do uh, that yeah i was not expecting <laughs> yet <laughs> yeah. um so yeah here we go we're going with mary bell okay okay so mary bell was born can i ask something right away how fucking dare you i know <laughs> i know you, i even saw your face like she's already fucking asking something is it like mary last name bell or is it like mary bell that's her first name no mary first name mary last name bell okay yeah yeah, go on. <laughs> Just because I, I know some, there are people named Mary Bell. Yes, yeah, like Mary hyphen Bell or yeah, something like that. That's why I was like, like yeah. so sh- is she like Cher with no last name or <laughs> Cher? <laughs> Just one name, Shakira. <laughs> Shakira. <laughs> um, no, Mary. Mary Bell. Bell. Thank you. That's all. Go on. You're I won't welcome. even ask another question. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask questions. Okay, so Mary Bell was born in Scotswood, an area in the town of Newcastle upon Tyne in England. Okay. So uh, she was born uh, May 26, 1957. Okay. To Elizabeth McCricket and William Bell. McCricket. I like which that. Which I know both sound like fairy tale characters, but they're. They do. They do. They're not. Oh, did you confirm? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Unless they're, unless, they're the, unless they're like the villains. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Actually. I don't so know. Elizabeth and William, they go by Betty and Billy. Interesting. I don't know a lot of Elizabeths going by Betty. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Betty White. Is that yeah. is her full name Elizabeth? Betty is actually short for Elizabeth. Okay. That's like a. It's one of those weird things where it's I like know that. Um, like Peggy and Margaret. Like Peggy is short for Margaret. Where you're like, how the heck did I get there? How but it's did, like that actually it's confirms like Maggie so many. And then okay. Maggie, Peggy, like one of those things where like there's a evolution of okay. it. Betty is one of those where it's like Elizabeth and then Beth and then Betty. Okay. That yeah. Okay. I'm gonna discuss this. Not that someone couldn't you. just name their child Betty, but like most of the time, it's especially okay. from an older generation, if someone's named Betty, their full name is Elizabeth. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is just eye-opening to me. Okay. Yeah, that absolutely. confirms something for me. Go okay. on. <laughs> uh, so Betty was seven, 16, 17 years old. I've read different accounts when she had Mary. So very young. Um, and although Betty and Billy married when Mary was a baby, it is 
still technically undetermined as to whether Billy was Mary's biological father. Okay. Um, but she definitely grew up, like, believing that he was. Okay. Um, so Betty, Betty was a sex worker from the time that she was a teenager. And she would leave Mary with Billy um, when she would sometimes travel to Glasgow for, like, weeks at a time to work there. I believe she also worked in Newcastle as well, too, okay. though. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Billy was a very violent alcoholic. Oh, no. With a list of, like, criminal offenses, uh, robbery and assault okay. and things like that. So he was very abusive towards Mary um, and Betty as well when she was around. Oh, no. That sounds awful. Yes. Um, relatives believed... Betty herself to be extremely negligent, um, resulting in um, many injuries that Mary suffered as a young child. So at first it appeared that Mary got into things and was very accident prone. Um, but relatives, I think, quickly caught on to the like Betty's role in some of these. Okay. Um, so they they very soon sort of began to look at Betty as, like, also an abusive parent. Okay. And or, like, completely negligent. Yeah. In 1960, Mary, quote-unquote, fell from a first-floor window. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I will remind you, this is in the UK, so usually the first floor, like, there's the ground floor and then the first floor in most buildings. Okay. So, like, yeah, I think that here makes sense. we often think of the first floor as, like, the, the first, lobby. The lobby. Yeah. yeah. There, usually it's, like would One be up. our second floor. Okay, makes sense. So yep. she, regardless, even if it was on the ground floor, like she fell from a window and she was like uh, not cool. three at this point. Yeah, that's not cool. On on another occasion, uh, Betty claimed that Mary had gotten a hold of her sleeping pills and had eaten them thinking they were candy. No, no. But relatives actually very much believed that Betty had given Mary the pills in an attempt to kill her. Okay. Oh my God. Or at least like harm her severely um jesus christ okay. because of a lot of these like reported incidents people have like way later on looking at this case have speculated that betty could have been suffering from um munchausen syndrome by proxy okay. which i guess i heard in a podcast recently that it's actually they've renamed it it's called factitious disorder oh. or factitious disorder imposed on another is like the replacement you know for what? munchausen syndrome by proxy I don't – here's – okay, I'm going to say it right now. I don't think changing the name is good, especially to something where it says factitious because now, like, it's going to be really hard for people that are needing to be diagnosed with that to accept that. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. at least with it saying Munchausen's, it kind of just sounds like like a disorder that you would just inherit somehow. You know what I mean? Not like – one that is basically accusing you of just being a liar constantly. Yeah. I mean, maybe they feel like it's more accurate. Like, I don't know. Munchausen's always capitalized. So is it named after a person? I think so. Okay. And maybe uh, that's why. Like, maybe they're yeah. like, you know, like the Heimlich, Heimlich maneuver where yeah. they've renamed it to something else. What because they? I can't remember what it's called. Either now. way. But, but yeah. Maybe that's why. But I guess maybe. I just heard on a podcast recently okay, cool. that Munchausen syndrome has been replaced with factitious disorder. Okay. So just for that sort of up-to-date terminology. But some cool. people speculate Betty might have been suffering from this because relatives say she, like, seemed to enjoy the attention and sympathy mm -hmm. she would get from her daughter's accidents. Yeah, we, we know another case like that one. Exactly. Yeah. So it's sort of hard to tell whether this was, like, because 
apparently like when when mary was born betty like the doctors brought her to betty and she was like take her like take that thing away like she didn't there was times where her relatives were like she really didn't want mary but then there's other times where she, she did so it's hard to know whether this is like abuse and trying to get rid of her or in like the reveling in the attention and mm-hmm. don't want to kill her but just want to make her sick yeah i don't know okay. it's just something that people have speculated on um, many of Betty's relatives would frequently offer to, like, take custody of Mary. I think they were obviously worried and they were like, this, like, Betty's not in a good enough place to yeah. be a good mother to her. So, like, w- can we help? Um, and Betty would sometimes accept, but then would, like, change her mind at the last minute. So mm. she wouldn't actually, like, apparently let anyone take her. Um, there was a story that I read on, like, in two sources that said that Betty apparently at one point sold Mary to um, a mentally ill woman who couldn't have children of her own and had, like, tried to adopt and, like, couldn't oh, adopt. Okay. And so Betty, like, sold Mary to her for oh, a sum of money. Private selling your child is never a good... Not a good idea. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't know in what way this one was mentally ill, so, like, couldn't... Possibly also not a great idea. Not a great safe place for her. I guess Mary's... And there to, was one account that said Mary's older sister, Catherine, and there was another account that said Mary's aunt, like Betty's sister, had gone um, across Newcastle to get Mary back from this woman okay. and bring her home. Yeah. And, and like, it, it's going to, what I'm about to say is going to sound bad, but if she's not being approved for adoption for a list of reasons. There's a reason. Reasons, like, maybe reason. you don't have the resources or the or the finances to yeah. take care of a child. And, yeah. Or maybe, again, you're just not in a good enough place to, to mentally be able to nurture that child yeah. properly. So uh, there's some kind of a reason. Yeah. Obviously, Betty's not either. So she's not yeah. making the right decisions no, in, in Mary's best not. interest. <laughs> Doesn't sound like it. No, no. Um, Betty was well known for specializing as a dominatrix. Okay. In her work um, in, in bondage and sadomasochism. Okay. From the time, this is going to be hard to hear for a lot of you, um, okay. from the time that Mary was four years old, Betty would allow her clients to sexually abuse Mary during her sessions. Yeah. No. 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 That's not consent. That's nothing. That's not, no. This is a child. Like, this that's is a, a toddler. Child. Yeah. That's... Um, so that, I think it was sort of alluded to that this is part of the reason why Betty didn't want to give Mary up, because maybe she was now Making using money. her in this way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so child sex slavery for sure. Yeah. Yep. So this is this is just like setting the the, the ground tongue. for yeah. like why Mary might have turned out the way that she did. Okay. Obviously, we know childhood experiences like this greatly shape how you turn out. It's significantly as a, impact, yeah. an older child, an adolescent, an adult. Yeah. Everything. This is obviously like for lack of a better term, like completely fucking her up. Yeah. Like. Yeah, from the time that she can even remember, she's subjected to abuse and sexual abuse. That's horrifying. Yeah. So her image of the world is going to be very skewed. Yeah. Um, And and sex and violence and everything. It's all going to be very skewed from what we would understand. Yeah. Yeah. So um, when Mary began school, she very quickly became known um, uh, as a bully and for her violent behavior. She suffered sudden mood swings and uh, chronic bedwetting. Oh, okay. She fought often with other children, boys and girls. On one occasion, Mary tried to suffocate a girl by shoving sand down her throat. Oh. Oh, boy. Yeah. This is... It gets bad. Okay. Like, it's already bad. It just gets bad real quick. (sighs) Um, She attempted to strangle several of her classmates on separate occasions. Oh, man. 
So obviously not very many kids wanted to be friends with her. Most I, of them were like wouldn't. scared of her. I'd be terrified. She yeah. was very much seen as like not even your average school bully, like literally dangerous. Yeah. Um, she did have one friend though. Um, there was a girl two years older than Mary by the name of Norma Joyce Bell. Um, same last name, but no relation. Okay. So it, them living in like in an English town in the 60s, We've heard cases in North America in the 60s. Um, it's kind of the same story. Like, children were used to running around, playing completely unsupervised. Yeah. Like, this was the 60s. The age like, of innocence before things Absolutely. Went. Same yeah. same kind of deal. Scottswood was also, uh, it was known to be a little bit of a rougher area. And the town was experiencing a large sort of, like, urban renewal project. So many of the buildings were being torn down to make way for, like, newer high-rise flats and sort of, like try and sort of revamp the area um, but it was sort of in the middle of these projects so local children would often play in or around like the abandoned buildings that were that were waiting Very to be safe. rebuilt yeah mm -hmm. exactly yes. and again like just unsupervised yeah also like i mean we did that when we were kids but still not safe <laughs> it sounds like just the way like the state that the that the city was yeah. in there was just like a not lot, a, lot of, a lot of it. You know what yeah. I mean? Not like that one abandoned building on the street. It's like, no, the entire fucking Everything street is abandoned. like blown apart. <laughs> yeah. Um, so again, it was just seen as normal, like completely okay. normal. On yeah. May 11th, 1968, okay. Mary was just two weeks away from her 11th birthday. So she was 10. Okay. Um, Mary and Norma picked up a three-year-old boy um, and told him that they were going to buy candy. Oh, no. Yeah. Why am I scared already? Why are you feeling impending doom? Because it's, yeah. Nothing good ever comes out of saying, do you want to go get some candy? No, no I think that's it. the thing too, where I'm like, oof, that's, yeah. Yeah. So they took, so they lured this three-year-old boy away. Um, the child was later found dazed and bleeding, wandering the streets. Um, so he was, he, the, he was okay. Um, he sounds okay. This one, this one was okay. Oh, um, okay. The child was later, yeah. So uh, they, the police were called, and the child told them that he had been playing with Mary and Norma on top of an abandoned like shelter. I think they said it was like an air raid shelter. Okay. And um, he said he had been pushed from the roof. Oh god! And okay. he fell seven feet to the oh, ground. Fuck. Okay. This is again. This is a three-year-old kid. Um, um, like your head is soft at that age. Yeah. Like everything's just noodly. Like, yeah. So he wasn't sure, but he didn't see who pushed him. So he didn't know which one it was, but he was like, I was definitely pushed. But again, this is a this is a three-year-old kid. So like, how much are you able to yeah. articulate that? And also, did he like smack his head and shit? And it so they said they found him bleeding. So like, I, I imagine he probably did. And he was in, in dazed. They said he was dazed and bleeding. So yeah. he probably had a concussion or something. Yeah. Um, Mary and Norma were both questioned about the incident, but they both denied pushing the boy, saying that like they had found him after he had already fallen. A likely story. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, that's the thing is, like, this is the 60s. Like, kids weren't believed. He's three years old. They're probably like, he just fell over and then, like, said yeah. that someone pushed him. His head's, like, caved He doesn't even remember. Like, like yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh. So the very next day. Why'd you pick this case? I didn't. Like I said, I just opened the book and this was it. And then I it was too late. Okay. It's too late. It's too late. It's too late it's for too me. Late. I can't get out of this one. It's too late for you, too, man. You're in it with me. All right. All right. All right. All of you. Ugh. Okay. Um, so the, <laughs> the very next day, um, the police are called again by a mother who said that Mary tried to strangle her daughter and two other small girls on the playground while Norma held them down. The police okay. questioned the two girls again, 
And I remember they had just questioned them the day before. Yep. Yeah. But whatever. Um, they questioned them again. They denied the incident entirely. Or Mary, sorry, Mary denied the incident entirely. Norma said that she, that she did see Mary try to strangle all three girls asking after asking one of the girls, what happens if you choke someone? Do they die? Oh. Mm-hmm. This is making me seriously wonder about what she was exposed to at home, especially, like, given hearing that she was literally offered to clients, like, and if her mom had, like, a specific specialty in dominatrix, like... And bondage. This, yeah. This is something she saw. This isn't... I don't think this is, like, her no. own brain. Con- this is what I mean. This is this is a child who doesn't understand the experiences they're having, they're having being um, fascinated and somehow tied to, like, strangulation yeah because in my mind strangulation isn't something that a kid just kind of knows is a thing per se it's Mm -hmm. like usually if they're going to harm someone else it's going to be like pushing punching and like things that almost come more naturally than strangling like yeah yeah and she's witnessed a lot of strang like strangling where the result is not death asphyxiation of some kind yes for pleasure yeah so that's, like I said, that's literally going to screw up her entire... Pain perception. And, yeah, pain perception, yeah. sex perception, like any sort of um, cause and effect of if you strangle someone, they die. She doesn't understand that. Yeah. Because that's not what she's been witnessing. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking like definitively. I'm not saying she didn't understand that. Like I know that for a fact. I'm just saying she's 10 years old. There's no way she could have known that for a fact. Like, and the fact yeah, that I, this yeah. quote, like what happens when you choke someone, do they die? To me says that... This is, like, in some sort of weird experimental phase. Like, she's trying to understand it. Yes. I I at least think so. I think yeah. that's, like, a pretty logical assumption. Yeah. Um, but obviously we go on from here. So uh, so Norma said she did see Mary choke the girls, at least one of them. Um, but the police, I think they, like, didn't really know what to do at this point because Mary's 10. Yeah. What do you do? So they they gave them a talking to and like gave them a warning and then they were sort of like left it at that, which I know is like maybe not the right thing to do. But again, but it's again, like this is the 60s and these are kids like what do you do? They're probably like, OK, I guess she's playing a little bit rougher than the average kid on the playground. A bit. A, a bit. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot. Just but, a scooch. <laughs> but they're probably yeah. like, again, they're probably just like, well, she's 10. Like, how much can she really hurt somebody? Which, unfortunately, we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. So on May Ugh. 25th, the okay. day before, so this is a couple weeks later, the day before Mary's 11th birthday. Okay. Mary uh, lured four-year-old Martin Brown away from where he was playing with his friends um, by telling him that she wanted to play a game with him. Okay. Which is just another thing that you don't want to hear. Never say those words. Never say, hey, do you want to have some candy? And, and never say, hey, do you want to play a game? Yeah. No. Never. No. 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 If someone's asking me, do you want to play a game? No. They have dark, Rephrase it. dark intentions. If you genuinely mean you actually, like, want to play, like, a, a, a board game, tell me we're having game night. Mm-hmm. Don't say, do you, you want to play a game, game night? Yeah. Do you want to play a game? It's always going to be no for me. It's a no for me, dog. It's... No. No. So, um, I mean, obviously, he was four. So, she's like, do you want to play a game with me? And he's like, sure. Absolutely. So, she took him away from his friends, and she took him to, um, like, one of the nearby sort of, like, a, like deserted houses. She took him upstairs, and she strangled him Fuck. to death. Oh, my God. How old was he? Four. Fuck. 
Um, <sighs> okay. Norma was said to have not been with Mary at this time. Okay. Um, a construction worker discovered Martin's body a few hours later. He attempted CPR, but obviously Martin had been long, long past. Okay. Um, there were no marks on Martin's body at all. Okay. Um, not even on his neck. Only a small amount of blood running out of the corner of his mouth. Oh. Um, apparently, as the worker was performing CPR, I've heard two accounts of the story that like, a, like neighborhood boys came came about and then Mary and Norma after or I've just heard that like he was doing CPR and then like Mary and Norma kind of like appeared in the doorway um okay I I want to say that they at least came and witnessed to the scene and you'll understand why later okay um but so I think that they basically appeared at the door of the bedroom that they were in and he sort of like shooed them away like don't don't look, don't at, look this. at this you don't need to see this um, so the police were called. Upon investigating, they discovered some pills close to the body. So at first they thought that he had, like, wandered in by himself and, like, eaten um, these pills, pills yeah. like, thinking they were candy. Um, but this theory was later ruled out upon postmortem testing um, because the the testing deemed that, like, there was no toxicity in his blood or whatever they did. They just basically were able to rule out that he didn't take the pills. So they deemed the cause of death a natural um, um, okay. Which obviously is not, oh yeah, okay. What, what natural, like, occurrence could have happened process, to leave someone, yeah. yeah. But again, they didn't have any marks on the body, so there wasn't anything really, like, I guess, Overly indicating strangulation. Effort. Like, yeah. there wasn't marks on his neck or anything like that. There wasn't cuts. So, I think they were just sort of like, we don't know. But, the, but it seemed like mm -hmm. he had, like, okay. wandered up there by himself and, like, just, and, and died. appeared. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The next day, um, Mary and Norma broke into and vandalized a nearby nursery. Hey, what's going on with Norma? Why is she also in on this? Like, I, because I, I'm understanding Mary, but there's got to be something that she's, like, very okay with hanging out with. Yeah, that will be slightly that okay. will be explained okay. later. Okay. There's a little bit of a dominant submissive dynamic here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though Norma's older than her, just and there is okay. kind of an explanation for that. All right. Um, they left notes like the when the police like obviously were called by the nursery, they found notes saying things like, "I murder so that I may come back," or "We murder, watch out." Um, there was another note that said, we did murder Martin Brown. Oh, God. Fuck off, you bastard. Oh. Their words, not mine. Um, <laughs> Haley. <laughs> pardon my uh, French or her French. But... So they understand murder. Like, they understand that then. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. All they right. know the word. So yeah. you must know, and you're using it correctly. Correctly, yeah. So you must understand that concept to some degree. Yeah. But Maybe police, not the gravity behind it, but yeah. No, yeah. But police sort of wrote this off as like a sick prank. Like they just thought it was kids like breaking in and like leaving notes and stuff and just Man, being twisted. Man, we got to stop assuming everything's a prank when there's I know. children's lives on the line. Like, Yeah. Okay. But again, they, they weren't operating under the assumption that Martin was murdered. Okay. So that, I think that also plays into it too. Um, that they were like, oh, these like kids are just playing a prank, like, like saying that they murdered him. But we've deemed his death accidental or so natural it possibly so be. We, there's nothing to worry about basically yeah. in the days after martin's death mary um knocked on his door and asked his mother if she could see him um and martin's mother 
like she found it strange that Mary didn't know because everybody knew at this point about Martin's death. Like it was kind of like people were talking about it, obviously. Yeah. Um, so she like kind of politely informed Mary, like, "Oh, he's like he's he's passed." He's passed. Yeah. Um, and Mary said, "Oh, I know he's dead. I want to see him in his coffin." Oh yeah, no. And and obviously Martin's mother like slammed the door in her face, yeah, like, just in pure shock. Um, I mean, I probably would do it. But get the hell out of here, Brad. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think this could be seen as a couple of things. I think it could be seen obviously as like just psychopathic and insensitive, or it could also be seen as some sort of morbid fascination. Yeah. Like I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, yeah. But that she, makes... she did that. She, people co- sort of called it like taunting. She did taunt the family in a way. Man. Um, at one point shortly after Martin's death, Mary had confessed to like family members and kids at school. She was sort of bragging about it that she had killed Martin. But no, but nobody believed her. Okay. Yep. Okay. Nobody believed her. And this is like almost to me. It sounds like she wants to get caught. Like, she's like, I did this thing and I want people to know yeah. about it. I don't know if that's in, like, she some sort credit. of desperate attempt to be stopped or she wants credit for it. Like, yeah. I don't I don't know. But she's telling people. Yeah. Because, like, either way. Like, she's not hiding it. No matter what the, like, intention is, she doesn't like that everybody thinks it's either a mystery or natural causes. Like she, yeah. she, there, there's credit due there is what it seems like for her. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm unsure. Like, I don't know if she's, yeah, she, either she wants credit or she just wants someone to, to know. Mm-hmm. She wants someone to know in, in a way that maybe someone can explain to her what happens when you strangle someone. Like, you know what I mean? These questions that I'm wondering about that she's asking. Yeah. That, like, does she fully understand yeah. You know what I mean? What like, happens after the body stops moving and you walk away. Yeah, because she's probably thinking, like, he's still right there. Because that's, that's like, the experience I've had with kids trying to understand death, that's the concept that they can't grasp is, like, yeah. well, I'm looking at it. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at this person. Yeah. But you're telling me they're not there. Mm-hmm. That's confusing. Yeah. So... I don't, I don't know, hmm. but, okay. uh, no one, no one believed her. No one believed kids back then. It's the sixties. No one believed no. anything they fucking said. Yeah. Um, no. so, and especially with Mary, with her pattern of behavior and stuff. So, um, even in her school notebook, she drew a picture of Martin's body, mm. the way it had been lying on the floor. And she drew a bottle of pills next to it with the word tablet. And she also drew a construction worker next okay. to the body. That's yes. why I'm thinking I'm believing the story where he was doing CPR and she walked in because she basically drew that entire scene. Yeah. Um, but again, no one took notice of this, obviously. Yeah, and only the, she'd like only know those details if she was there. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. she would know like the body and the pills, but like she wouldn't. Not the construction worker. Not the construction worker. So that's. And maybe yeah. not even the pills. Yeah, she might not have noticed, but like she drew the pills. Yeah. So, um, they were like they were there when when she strangled him. So, yeah. um, Martin's death was blamed on the city having neglected the area, leaving it to ruin and disarray without proper clearance or safety precautions in the midst of this like renewal project. Okay. Um, because again, like I think that people were just like people talk, right? So it's like they haven't really. They've ruled it natural. Like, maybe people are assuming he stumbled in there and, like, bumped his head and died. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was only a little bit of blood on his face. And somebody so, like, needs to, like, be 
at fault. So of course. Um. So Mary Bell um is pictured. There's a picture of her holding a banner amongst protesters on July 31st who marched the streets, demanding safety for their citizens. Um. So she was part of that protest. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. So because the blame fell on the city and the development companies, again, nobody was really looking for a killer. Um, hmm. So the same day of the protest, July 31st, 1968, we're in the same year, okay. three-year-old Brian Howe was playing outside of his house with one of his siblings and the family dog. No, no, nothing happened okay. to the dog. No, no, Okay. No. So I saw your face. Sorry. It's just a detail that was... Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Um, Mary and Norma approached him and began playing with him. They took him... They uh, it doesn't say what they said to him, but they anyways got him away and they took him to a large wasteland close to the railway line that was called that like locals called Tin Lizzie. Okay, I think it okay. just had a lot of like waste and yeah, you know things like that. Yeah, um, Brian Howe did not return home that afternoon, and uh, concerned relatives began searching for him and alerted police. Brian was found between two hours hours later between two concrete blocks like in in the wasteland in tin lizzie he was half naked in a spread eagle position okay a very loose attempt to conceal the body had been made because it was covered with clumps of grass and weeds but not like entirely covered that doesn't sound like enough but yeah no a small pair of scissors were found close to the body the autopsy proved that he had died of strangulation. Okay. Post-mortem wounds were inflicted in Ugh. the form of slashes and punctures on his legs and partial mutilation of his genitals. Okay. So they they really were just experimenting. Okay. hmm Wow. Sections of his hair had been cut off and the capital letter M had been carved into his stomach. Who does that stand for? Are you asking me? No. Oh, okay. I, I wasn't sure. The, the expression on your face, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. I think this is another thing where it's like, she's either taking credit or she just wants to be caught. Yeah. Or both. I, or I don't know. Or both, maybe. I don't yeah, know. It's so... It It feels like she wants credit, but not in the same way that like... An adult serial killer wants credit. You know what I yeah, mean? Like not. it feels like it's for different reasons. It feels like she wants the credit more so so that she has an opportunity to like investigate for her own knowledge why it's a bad thing. Yeah, you know it what I mean? almost seems like a curiosity more than like a I want to be a famous, well-known. Yeah, it you know what I mean. I don't think she understands that concept. No. You know what I mean? Like I don't think she's eleven years old. Like I don't think she's understanding that. Like. I want to be infamous. I don't yeah. think it's that level of thought. I think it's... Yeah. I think it's stuck somewhere between experimentation, curiosity, and and also maybe, like, an adult should know. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. in, in sort of, like, maybe on some level she understands that what she's doing is wrong or that, like... Yeah. Someone finding out about it would lead her down a different path. In terms of, like, again, she's too young, I think, to understand what that path would be in terms of, like, imprisonment. But yeah. maybe it's like, oh, like, maybe if I tell an adult, they'll, I'll get to do this more. 
Like, you know what I mean? Kids don't... Yeah. Like, if she's not thinking about things in a logical way... No, it's it's not the way we think about things. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Yeah. Um, oh, it's so... Okay, yeah, it's interesting. Gray and maroon fibers were discovered on Brian's clothing and shoes. Um, and the coroner suggested that due to the little amount of force that was used in the murder, that the killer could be another child. So okay, he was the one. Conclusion. Yeah, he was the one that sort of like tipped them in that direction. Um, and good thing, because I don't know if they would have figured it out otherwise. It doesn't seem, at least the way things are going, it doesn't seem that way. Not likely. Yeah. So a large scale manhunt began um, on that information with over 100 detectives from surrounding regions being brought in. A press conference was held telling the public that police were looking for a child in the murder of Brian Howe. Uh, by August 2nd, so this was just a few days later because that was July 31st. By mm-hmm. August 2nd, over 1,200 children had been questioned in Ooh. regards to their whereabouts on July 31st. Imagine having to question that many kids because kids oh my giving you any kind of a straight answer, impossible. Forget about it. Without them, like, interspersing it with talks about their family dog or, like, or their Legos name or like, like, anything. Oh, my God. Nowadays, something they saw on TV. Like, it's... <laughs> Were they just... Do you know if they were just questioning, like, any kids? Like, if you're a kid, you're being questioned? Or did they have it narrowed down to, like, gender, height, anything like that? Or... It didn't say. It just, it just said, said like, over 1,200 kids in, like, such a short period of time, I have to believe they were questioning, like, everybody. Everybody, okay. And it was about their whereabouts, too. So I think they were trying to, like, narrow question down. people and sort of secure alibis at the same time. Okay. In in some sort of attempt to just t- to narrow it down. Okay. Um, two, two of the children questioned were Mary and Norma Bell. Oh, okay. So Detective Chief Inspector James Dobson of the Newcastle Police was suspicious of Mary... Because he had heard the rumors after this, you know, information came out that she had previously confessed to Martin Brown's killing, like, at school and stuff. Right about it. Which, which also, too, wouldn't necessarily, like, in this case, yes, absolutely red flag. But we know that, like, kids will do stuff like that where they'll, like, say they've done something. Yeah, absolutely. To sound very, like, grandiose. But it's yep. kind of like, no, that's mm-hmm. not the case. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Okay. Um. So, but because he had heard these rumors... And he knew they knew they were now looking for a child. He was sort of suspicious of her. So, mm-hmm. um, and the police at some point, it doesn't say when throughout this sort of investigation, um, they had found a witness, um, a nine-year-old boy, who claimed he he witnessed the strangling of Brian Howe. Now it doesn't say that this witness like specifically like said it was Mary. But he said that he witnessed it. So I would imagine he probably could have at least told them that it was, like, a little girl. Yeah. You know what like I mean? semi-identify her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so in Mary's questioning, she had first denied any part in the killing, although she did admit to playing with Brian earlier that day. She then okay. tried to implicate a local boy who she said she had seen playing with Brian, and this, and she said she saw this boy, like, hit hit Brian while they were playing. And she was like, yeah, I think it could have been this guy. Um, I wonder and, if that's the kid that's trying to identify her. It, uh, it's not. Okay. Because um, I'll get to that. Okay. okay. She then said that the boy had been, the boy that was playing with Brian had been covered in grass and weeds and that he was carrying a small pair of scissors. Okay. So, so James Dobson, Detective Dobson, felt like this statement was actually incriminating for Mary because the detail about the pair of scissors being found near the body had never been released to the public. I was just going to ask. Yeah. Okay. 
So he was like, ah, interesting. Okay. Because she's trying <laughs> Funny to. Funny you say that. <laughs> she's trying, and all like the the grass and the weeds, like she's trying to like make it very, um, like, almost like. Overtly trying to. Yeah, like. Point out something. In an else. unrealistic way. That yeah. This kid would be walking around with like grass and weeds on him and a pair of scissors, and like that's exactly yeah, how they found the just, body. Um, so hmm. in addition to this, uh, the police quickly discovered that the local boy, Mary, had been, like, had fingered in terms of, like, that's the guy that did it, was actually at Newcastle Airport on July 31st. And this was corroborated by, like, many witnesses, his yeah. family and other yeah. people that saw him there. So and he wasn't like, even... like, a plane ticket even. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I was like, no, it wasn't the same boy because he wasn't even, like, in Remotely the city. Close. He was at the okay. airport. Okay, cool. Okay. On August 4th, uh, Norma's parents contacted the police. Norma told... Detective Dobson that Mary had committed the murder and that Norma had been brought to the site where Brian's lifeless body was only after Mary had strangled and mutilated Mm him. Um, Norma made a drawing of the wounds that had been inflicted on the body, which matched perfectly with the coroner's report. And she also led them to the site where the body was found. She knew where it was. Um, In addition to this, she showed them a razor blade that was hidden by Mary that they had not found um, that had been used to carve the initial M into his stomach. Was the razor blade that was at the crime scene then? It was at the crime scene. Okay. They just hadn't found it. So Norma brought Imagine them there. That. First, they were like, can you show us where you, where she's she like, showed you the body? So I'll show she, you more clues, too. Yeah, basically, she's like, she got that correct. And also, oh, you didn't find this razor blade. This is what she told me she used. Yeah. So. But Mary's probably thinking snitches get stitches. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So the next day, Mary was questioned again. Um, and apparently was, like, aggressively defensive this time, like, claiming the police were trying to brainwash her and um, calling for them to send for my solicitor. Um, oh, no, this girl's smarter than we think she is. Yeah, she's like, incredibly intelligent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so anyway, she's calling for a lawyer. But yeah. uh, later that same day, Norma made a full statement admitting to being present when Mary had strangled Brian and described the attack to the to the officers. Um, upon obtaining clothing from both Mary and Norma, forensic examiners were able to positively match them with the gray and maroon fibers found on Brian's body. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, obviously at this point they had enough. They were yeah. going to they were gonna make an arrest. Um, but before that happened, on August 7th, uh, Detective Dobson had been standing outside Brian Howe's home as Brian's coffin was being carried out to go to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, he had noticed Mary standing there. I don't know if she was the only person there. There might've been other people there. Um, but he, he was like, I looked around, I saw her standing there and she was smiling. Okay. And then this sounds like completely unreal, but anyways, this was his quote. He said, then she began laughing and rubbing her hands together. No, no, no. You know what I mean? Like some evil, like maniacal. Dr. Evil. Yeah. Yeah, You know what I mean? Um, and so he was just, yeah, he was like basically quoted saying like, I, like at that point I knew that. If I didn't arrest her, like there would be, she's the anti. There would be someone else that would get hurt, basically. Yeah. Okay. So at 8 p.m. that evening, Mary, Mary, and Norma Bell were both charged with the murder of Brian Howe. Mary's response to the charges were, "That's all right by me." Okay. Apparently, Norma was distressed, but Mary was like, "That's well, she's glib. She's a psychopath." Yeah. 
No, she's no Norma. Norma was distressed, but Mary was. Yeah, Mary was not. No, that's what I oh, mean. Yes. Like she was like, yeah, like Mary's kind of cocky about it almost. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. uh, or maybe she was like, yeah, that's all right by me. Like that's, the, I did it. So that's fair. Yeah, true. Like, okay. I, I don't know. Yeah, she, maybe she did want to get caught. That's kind of I don't know. That that was at least my first inclination. This is just like everyone's gonna sort of hear this story in a different way, but. To me, I was like, it sounds like she wants, like, she's trying very hard to get yeah. caught. That's what it seems to me. But anyways, um, Mary wrote a statement saying that she was present during Brian's murder, but that Norma was the one who committed the act. Um, mm, the she, old switcheroo, eh? Oh, yeah. Blaming each other. Um, she also confessed to breaking into and vandalizing the nursery the day after Martin Brown's death. Mm-hmm. Um, both girls underwent psychological evaluations, obviously. Naturally, yep. Uh, the results indicated that Norma was intellectually delayed. Okay. With a submissive nature. Okay. Um, Mary was diagnosed with psychopathic personality disorder. I'm very shocked to my core right now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Mary was deemed to be extremely intelligent and cunning Mm -hmm. while demonstrating, uh, primitive social techniques that take the form of sudden mood swings and outbursts, um, denial, manipulation, complaining, bullying, flight, or violence. Um, so okay. it, it sounds to me like she was almost like maybe more intelligent for her age, but like her behavior was primitive in terms of like younger than her age, where it's like you'd expect a toddler to be like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. having a smooth swings and outbursts, outbursts, not yeah. an 11-year-old, but at the same time, she was also really smart and like cunning and manipulative. So yeah. that's at least how they assessed her. Um, the trial of Mary and Norma began on December 5th, 1968. Both pleaded not guilty to the charges. Um, it okay. says during the trial that the prosecution spent a lot of time connecting the two murders of um, Martin and Brian. Okay. I couldn't find anything in sort of like the parts about the formal charges that said that they had been charged with both. Okay. Just that they were trying to? Maybe between August and December, they were also charged with Martin's murder. It just, I couldn't find that anywhere. But Martin is very much a part of this trial. Okay. Martin's murder, at least. Um, So, yeah, maybe he was, maybe he was just trying to sort of, like, provide further evidence as to, like, their character. I don't know. Um, Makes sense. The prosecution also outlined to the jury that although Mary was younger, she was the more dominant Uh, of the two and the lead perpetrator okay that was his stance Uh, apparently mary was very nonchalant during the trial um like sometimes dancing in her seat or like turning around and asking her family for candy um but norma was very distressed during the trial um and it it sounds like the general feeling toward her by onlooker onlookers was that they like pitied her like they felt bad for norma yeah okay um a lot of them to be honest a lot of them even felt bad for Mary because they were looking at these two very young children yeah. um, on trial for murder. And I think it was just like very difficult for people to watch because they're sort of like, how did a child this young, Yeah, what happened to her? Because they didn't say anything in the trial about Mary's childhood. They brought none of that into it. Imagine though, if they did like, I, yeah. I, and who's to say? I mean, she's still she still committed the crimes. Yeah. But I think people, maybe people in town, I would be shocked if people didn't 
at least have an inkling about what was going on yeah. in her home. You know what I you, mean? You like don't you can't have to know. And then like for for her to then go and do these things, it would be just you, out of nowhere, just out of the blue, out of like a happy home. Like yeah, that is that's the that would be thing. true like psych- psychopathy in yeah. my mind. You know what I mean? But it's like in a this case is like the this. nature versus nurture debate. Like yeah. would she have turned out this way if her childhood wasn't so fucked up? Yeah, like way more unlikely. Yeah, yeah. So both girls, I was a bit surprised by this. Both girls testified in their own defense. Like both were put on the stand. Okay. Um, Norma. That's rare, even for adults. Like, yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. Like usually they avoid doing that at all costs. Yeah, I can't see how that seemed like a good idea for their lawyers, but anyways, or to their lawyers. But maybe trying to just understand the case better. It's or maybe trying to humanize them because they're kids, like for people to hear them talk. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, yeah. Um, Norma stated that she was present but did not commit the murder of Brian Howe, um, nor of of Martin Brown. She said she wasn't even sure what was going to happen to Brian when she watched Mary put her hands on him. Okay. She did admit to knowing that Mary was a violent person and that Mary had, um, on certain occasions, discussed strangling small children with Norma. Like Norma said, Mary had talked about that. Yeah, with her. Mary's testimony lasted four days. um, And I believe the trial was only nine days. So like almost half of it was Mary's testimony. Okay. Mary denied harming Martin Brown, um, but admitted to seeing his body and asking his mother later to see his body in the coffin. Mm -hmm. She denied Norma's accusations um, and instead blamed Norma for the murder of Brian Howe. Mary painted herself as a bystander and admitted that she did not uh, tell authorities out of fear and misguided loyalty to Norma. Okay. Again, I think she's very smart. Yeah. Um, Yeah, in terms of, like, playing it that way. Yeah. But uh, Norma's mother then testified that several months before the murder of Brian Howe, um, and I guess... Uh, maybe maybe before the murder of Martin Brown. She doesn't say how, how many months before. But um, her and her husband had discovered Mary trying to strangle Norma's younger sister, Susan. And they had to, like, pull her off of her. Okay. So, again, she obviously had a very, very strong fascination with strangulation. Yeah. And, again, this we is, discussed why. Yeah. I mean, it's very obvious to It's why. quite obvious, yeah. Um, a child psychiatrist testified that Norma, although 13, had the mental age of an eight-year-old um, okay. and then stated that her capacity from knowing right and wrong, right from wrong, was limited, but that she was still able to understand the seriousness of what she was being accused of. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah, that, you know what, that... That like phrasing there reminds me a lot of um, Nicholas Godejohn from um, Gypsy Rose's case. Like, right, he was able to understand right yeah. from wrong, but he had like a lesser like mental age basically, and just mm-hmm. like knew what he was doing was wrong, but was kind of like conflicted. And yeah, yeah, it okay. feels like a bit a bit of a gray area for me where he's yeah. like she she gets it, but she not has fully. limited ability to discern right from wrong, but she still understands that this is wrong, like. But to what degree? I don't. Yeah. That, that's where I'm kind of like. Because it could just be like a blanket. Like, I know it's bad, but. How bad is it? Yeah. Right? How, what does she understand it as? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, a pile of forensic evidence was also presented at the trial, such as um, the testing of the gray and maroon fibers found on Brian's body um, that matched Mary, um, items of Mary and Norma's clothing. Okay. I believe it was Mary's dress and like Norma's skirt. Okay. Um, handwriting experts were brought in to analyze for the jury. The notes stating 
the murderer of Brian Howe found at the nursery break-in and compared them to Mary's school notebooks. The picture found in Mary's notebook of the Martin Brown crime scene uh, that contained a pill bottle was also discussed in that um, the police also had never released to the public that pills were found near the body. Okay. So that's both crime scenes both. that, sh- that she's, basically she's identified the scissors and like the pills secretive things. that no one knew Pulled about. back evidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's pretty damning. Well, one of them, she drew a picture of it. So yeah. that is pretty damning. Um, the jury deliberated for four to five hours. Different accounts said different things. Four to five hours, five hours max. Not really a very long time. Mm-mm. For Norma, she was, um, she was acquitted of all charges. Because the jury felt that she was, these are not my words, uh, quote, simple-minded. Okay. And had been uh, pulled into these crimes by the more dominant Mary. Okay. Mary was not charged with murder, but instead charged with manslaughter for both Martin Brown and Brian Howe. Okay. Um, This shift from murder to manslaughter was on the grounds of, quote, diminished responsibility. Okay. I think they were just taking her age into account. Like, I think, again, I think this is really difficult for people to yeah, analyze because I think, I think people just couldn't wrap their heads around it. No. I think they were looking at this 11-year-old girl being like, yeah, she seems like, well, she did these crimes. She hurt people. But how much realistically can we blame her yeah. for that Yeah, in terms of her life? And again, it wasn't, her childhood wasn't brought into it, but I think it was just really hard for people to assume that she just grew up perfectly fine and then started doing yeah this. that she was just yeah. a murderer and that's it yeah i get that i do i totally i understand i can only imagine being a juror yeah um, in that trial but uh, yeah that would not be an easy one yeah the judge uh deemed mary a very dangerous individual and said that steps needed to be taken to protect the public f- from her i think that's fair yeah um she was sentenced to indefinite imprisonment um, to this day, at 11 years old, Mary Bell remains Britain's youngest female killer. Okay. Mary was detained in a number of young offender institutions. Okay. Because, again, she was 11. Like, where are you going to put her? Um, yeah. So she was put into a number of young offender institutions, including Red Bank Secure Unit, um, where she was the only female among 24 male inmates. That's never a good situation. Doesn't that sound like a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, She would later claim that she was sexually abused by a member of the staff and several of the inmates. Not shocked right now. Yeah. No. She was a, she was like a 12, like 11, 12 year old girl in a prison with like all men. Who, some might even be in there for that exact reason. Sorry, all boys, but like still all like males. It's just, yeah yeah exactly and how do i'm I'm sure some of them were in there for that reason Mm -hmm. so um she was just sort of like bait at that point prey yeah Yeah. when mary was 16 she was transferred to hm prison style um well at this facility she applied for parole but was not successful in 1976 she was then transferred to more court open prison So I looked this up. So open prisons are basically um, minimum security prisons where inmates are trusted enough to have, like, to not be locked up and are permitted to leave the premises for work purposes only. Um, Okay. So open prisons are often used to rehabilitate and, like, transition inmates back into society. Okay. Um. They're often criticized, of course, but it is they're taking a more rehabilitative philosophy. Mm-hmm. Which and those can work 
totally fine. Like, no, I, I'm in full support. Uh, yeah. I'm in full support of open prisons Rehabil- and yeah. rehabilitation and transitioning people. Yes. For sure. That's, that's, that's what my stance. We'll discuss more of that a little bit later, I think. But, um, so she was transferred to that at age 20, having been at Moore Court for a year, um, Mary and another inmate briefly escaped from the prison for like, it didn't say exactly like one, two weeks max. Um, they like ran off with some boys and then they were caught and like brought back. Um, in 1979, Mary was transferred to another open category prison. Okay. At this prison, she was given leave to work during the day. Uh, first as an administrative assistant, she had taken like a secretarial course. Okay. And then as a waitress. Um, and this was in attempts to prepare her for eventual release, which was scheduled for the following year. Okay. So I don't know if, I think at Moore Court, it, it didn't say, I'm assuming she wasn't allowed to leave for work and was transferred to this prison and then was now was now set on this sort of okay. like transitional plan. Right. Okay. Um, so in May 1980, at the age of 23, so she had served almost 12 years in custody. Right. Mary Bell was released from prison. She was granted um, anonymity. And okay. uh, four years later, she gave birth to a daughter. Okay. Her daughter grew up. Um, knowing nothing about her mother's past, but in 1998, so her daughter would have been 14, um, like reporters, I don't know what spawned this. Like, I don't know if it came out of nowhere. Reporters like had tracked them down. Maybe it was like an anniversary or something of. Maybe. Okay. And reporters had tracked them down and like told her daughter like, oh, do you know your mother did this and blah, blah, blah. Like, just like. The worst, the worst thing to happen. Well, it's like, it's one thing if you like. (sighs) We'll discuss Mary, but okay. like, take her out of the picture. Her daughter did fucking nothing. Exactly. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, you're gonna just traumatize this 14 year old girl by like, yeah, just throwing this in her face and turning her, her entire world upside down. The relationship she has with her mother. What if it's a good relationship? Yeah. Like, what if it was actually healthy? Like, yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, it was almost like a media frenzy that took place, oh, and God. Mary, um, and her 14 year old daughter, who was unnamed, um. They were taken to a safe house by undercover officers, and then they were later relocated to an unknown part of the UK. Okay. So the right to anonymity for Mary's daughter was originally only granted until her daughter turned 18. Okay. But in 2003, I'm just trying to do the math. I think that would have been, her daughter would have been 19 at that point, I think, 18, 19. Okay. Okay. Mary won a high court battle to have her own anonymity and that of her daughter's extended for life. Okay. Um, and the order was later updated to include Mary's granddaughter okay. when she was born. Okay. Um, in 1998, Mary had collaborated with an author. Uh, her name was Gitta Serini. Okay. It's Gitta or Gitta, G-I-T-T-A. Gita, Gita, maybe Gita. Gita. I don't oh, know. Maybe Gita. Gita. That sounds like something I've That's heard not, before. I've, I've heard that name before. <laughs> not that if it's Gita, it's like not a name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you can't have that name anymore. If your name's Gita, we gotta we gotta cancel it. I'll call her Gita. <laughs> Gita, I like um, Gita. Yeah. So she collaborated with Gita on a book about her life um, before and after her crimes. I have not read this book. I'm sure it would be very interesting, fascinating. Um, so she discussed the abuse that she suffered at the hands of her mother, okay. her father, and of course her mother's clients. Um, according to Gita, Mary 
does not claim that she was wrongly convicted and does not claim that the abuse she suffered as a child um, excuses her crimes. Well, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. just explains it. It never excuses it. It just gives you a reason. But that was interesting to me because I had read things about when Mary was still a teenager in prison and how she was like, her mom had tried to come and visit her and Mary blamed her mom for like her own murders and like wasn't taking responsibility for them. That sounds about right though for a teenager. For a teenager, that absolutely sounds right. Like that she wasn't like, that she was blaming everybody else for like her actions basically. Yeah. In 1998, I mean, she would have been... Uh, she would have been like 41 yeah. at this point when she's collaborating on this book. That's what that's what Gita said. She was like she doesn't she doesn't use her childhood as an excuse for her actions. Um, yeah. Then maybe uh, she is like fully rehabilitated. Like, and this is like this is the whole thing. I've been like simmering with this case for days, right? And and it's it's one of those things where when I talked about open prisons, where in my like when I was doing my criminology degree, um, there was a lot that we talked about, about like uh, sort of like philosophies around treatment for criminals, mm-hmm. whether that's whether you have like a retributive philosophy where it's like you want to lock them up forever or or the death penalty, you want to kill yeah. them, um, you like want hard, hard punishment, hard, yeah. or there's rehabilitative philosophies where it's self-explanatory. You want to try and rehabilitate them. Yeah. I definitely lean, I would say I'm not one or the other entirely. I definitely believe rehabilitation is possible for some criminals. Yep. I don't think it's possible possible for everybody. I don't think someone like Ted Bundy could be rehabilitated. Like, no. That's I'm I'm just saying that. There's someone out there that could be like, absolutely he could with the right things and whatever we could do this. But like, I think there are some people that, like, no matter how how many times you release them, they're going to do the same thing, no mm-hmm. matter how much therapy or medication or whatever. But there are people, I believe, even as sinister and malicious as yeah. acts like this, um, there are people that I believe can be rehabilitated yeah. um, with, again, agree. like, the right support, medication, therapy, behavioral strategies, like, anger management. Yeah. And, and again, it's so difficult to look at an 11-year-old child and say, this is the best you're going to get. Yeah. This is the best. You're never, ever going to yeah. be able to look at the world in a different way. People are so – children are so malleable at that age. Yeah. And, and again, because they're so malleable, all of her traumatic life experiences have shaped her brain into thinking – that this is okay yeah. or or that these curiosities or this experimentation is is fine. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if she goes on and she lives a life, because, I mean, we're in 2023 right now. I imagine if she had murdered somebody else or she was, like, murdering kids left, right, and center, we would have heard about this. Like, she'd be in jail again. Yeah. It would make There'd the be news an again. update to yeah. that. I could not find anything. She's anonymous. They have new names. They live somewhere where people can't find yeah. them, like... I would imagine they're probably doing okay. Does she struggle? I'm sure she does. Does she feel remorse? Maybe she does. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But I just feel like if she li- goes on and lives a life and her daughter lives a life and granddaughter where they're fine and nothing like this ever happens again, then isn't she rehabilitated? Yeah. In a way? Like, oh, yeah. I-, I don't know. Because we know, f- I would say almost 99% certainty if she wasn't locked up, she would have continued doing this. Oh, Whereas yeah. like now, at the age that she was at? Yes, yeah. she would have just continued. Yeah. So she was locked up. She was 
rehabilitated. I don't know what kind of services she was given, but she came out of it the other side and she's not murdering people now. So And she takes responsibility and wants to change her actions. So Yeah, like something must have worked. Something worked. Especially if they're you're like you're saying too, there aren't just a bunch of random murders that are kind of trailing behind her. Like at least not that we know of. If it comes out next year that it's like, oh, actually, okay, then, then I'm wrong. Yeah. Then she can't be rehabilitated. But, I mean, again, the, from the point of yeah. when she was released in 1980 to now, yeah. there hasn't been anything other than her just trying to live a normal life. It's difficult. Yeah. It's difficult. Because if she was 21 when she committed these crimes, we would say lock her up forever. Yeah. Most yeah. of us would. I would even have. Uh, I would even. Be I would saying have a that. very. You know what I mean? It's, well. it's very hard. Yeah. I think her age makes this a really, really complicated case. I agree. And I think people are going to feel very strongly in 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 different directions. Yeah. And that's okay. Because I think that's okay with a case like this too, because it it is. There's no right or wrong. There isn't almost ever really. Um, like I just think. I don't know. I agree. I'm in the same spot with you being in the middle of. What I think is the best approach. I think in this case, this was the best approach, giving her like the more re like rehabilitative approach, because yeah, it looks like it it worked. And I feel like her brain was obviously shaped by her experiences as a kid. And if they had just locked her up and been like, "That's it, she is doomed for the rest of her life. We're not even going to attempt to rehabilitate her," they would be dooming her to stick with that mindset mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead, which is also kind of torturous to her. To live in that brain. Yeah. No one needs to live in that, like, headspace of thinking that just strangling people is okay. No, no, of course so not. That's, again, can, it's a skewed image of reality. It's so terrifying. It, like, you can't, if if she was going to stay in that state, in that mentality, then, yeah, you would, you would have to lock her up for the rest of her life. Yeah. Because she would just constantly be walking around thinking this is okay to hurt people and to strangle people. Mm -hmm. But, again, I think a lot of it stemmed out of this this confusion and mixed with childhood curiosity mixed with like a, a really skewed sense of mor morbidity and and violence yeah um that led to her actions like what led to her actions to me seems so plain and clear yeah but it i'm not sitting here being like why did she do that i feel like it's very obvious it why feels she was obvious. doing this yeah and i think there's obviously gonna be other people saying like well kid other kids experience stuff like this and they don't Turn out that Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Which is fair, but every brain is different. Yeah. And every brain is going to handle trauma in that way in a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's surprising to me yeah. that she handled it in the and way that she did. Everybody has different, like, predispositions to things. Like, mm -hmm. And I think, of course... These two little boys that died is absolutely tragic. And yeah. and I hope she even, you know, like thinks back on it and, and truly and regrets it, as it a and truly feels and, like, remorse feels for remorse. that. Yeah. Um, but does that mean that another little girl being 11-year-old Mary should lose her life, should lose the opportunity to live a life? And, and to, to correct maybe, her behavior. Yeah, yeah. exactly. To, to make amends, to make reparations for that behavior. Yeah. I don't I just personally don't believe that yeah. that would have been the right way. And again, we're never ever going to know. Like there's so much research that's come out on rehabilitative treatment and things like that. There's a lot of countries outside of North America that implement it heavily and it's shown to be working for certain types of criminals. Mm -hmm. We're never ever going to know if we don't try it and release them. Because yeah. if you say you rehabilitated them but you keep them locked up forever, well we're never going to be able to test that you can't theory. Test it. And it's scary to say but that might come with 
mistakes. Like that might come with, yeah. oh, that person it's, wasn't rehabilitated. It's unfortunately going to be a trial and error, which sounds horrifying, especially when lives are on the line. That's why, like, it is mm-hmm. one thing when it's, I don't know, you start out with like lower level criminals. Like, I don't even know. I can't even think of anything right now. Like selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Like to me, that's a lower level crime where it's like, yeah, okay, you could spend the rest of your life in jail for that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, yeah, rehabilitation can work and you might be able to come out and go, I'm never going to sell drugs again. Yeah. You know? So yeah, testing it out, I think, on the specific demographics of criminals where it's like the lesser chances of lives being ruined or completely just removed in general is yeah. a good approach, I well, guess. And, I and to be honest, like we see it all the time. Criminals are put, locked away and then released anyways for heinous crimes without any rehabilitation without, exactly without. right we look at like carla hamolka or we look at david bodemer yeah. in the georgia jackson case where it's like and i'm not saying like carla hamolka that no one tried to attempt to rehabilitate her again i don't know if she's gone off and fucked up her kids lives or murdered anyone Doubt or she's in therapy ab- abused anyone it. but in her time in incarceration i i don't know what happened but we do see criminals being released all the time and then just sort of like, like a lot of the Bleeding London cases where it's like, yeah, they actually were caught for that murder and then they were released like this many years later, like mm-hmm. 12, 15 years later. And that was just because they served a portion of their sentence and then applied for parole and got out. Exactly. So in my mind, if certain criminals are being let go anyways, you might as well try to re- rehabilitate everybody. Yeah. Because some of them it's going to work. Yeah. Others it won't. It yeah. just won't. And those ones, like I said, I mean, there should be with a with all the research that we have now on criminology and sociology oh, yeah. and the brain and psychology, we should hopefully at least be able to identify those ones that we like definitely shouldn't release. I think I think the thing is too, like maybe it's just to you and me this way, but it feels obvious to us the ones that aren't worth even trying. This is what I mean about like a David Bodemer where it's like yeah. like during the Georgia Jackson case when he was it was the 60s I think he was caught in like the early 70s there there wasn't a lot like what Michael Arnfield talks about now where he's like the signs the way the body was mutilated the yeah. the behavior the like all of these signs that that yeah. indicate like a sexual psychopath that's someone that it, we it's, don't know how to how to rehabilitate those yeah. people yet, so we kind of have to keep them locked up. Exactly. Whereas someone else, where it's a different type of crime, and there is that possibility that we think for rehabilitation, then we, like we should try. Yeah. And that's just my philosophy. There are people that are listening that are probably like, I agree with the retributive philosophy. I think we should keep them locked up. I think anyone who yeah. commits a crime, that's your fucking fault, and you get locked up in, in prison and yeah. and whatever, or the death penalty or whatever. Yeah. You're allowed to believe that. Absolutely. That's your your life experiences shape why you believe that yeah. and why you believe that's the right way. As long as the end goal for everybody is that we're trying to do the right thing. And we're trying to make I it can't, safer for everybody. I can't stand here and point a finger and say that your your idea is wrong. No. It's just who I am as a person I and agree. through my life yeah. experiences and education, I've leaned a little bit more towards if we can rehabilitate, let's Why do not? it. Yeah. You know? Um, and there are ways that that, that can be done that aren't being impl- like implemented now, which is, I think, the frustrating yeah. part. I think we should at least try. I think we should try as well. And I feel like even here in Canada, like, the rehabilitative approach isn't in full swing. Oh, gosh, no, no. <laughs> like, like I, there, no. there's some degree of, like, therapy or, like, mental health care that does happen within, like, our prison system, but it's not, it's not where it should be. No. At and, all. And it's, like, 
it's a lack of philosophy and it's also a lack of resources and there's so many so many intricate issues in that mm-hmm. but yes i think at least in north america even like like canada for sure included i definitely think we still have very much more of a like harsh punishment philosophy yes. like tough on crime and everything like that and i think there are loads of places in Europe. I know. I don't know enough about like sort of other areas of the world. I know there's a lot of places in Europe that are really implementing yeah. this rehabilitative philosophy, especially a lot of Scandinavian countries. Yep. And it's working. It's working really well. The fact that the UK had like open prisons in the 60s, like already to me, shows an advancement. To me, says <laughs> that they were probably already sort of trying to lean into this rehabilitative yeah. philosophy, maybe way, way before us. I can't say that for sure. I mean, the UK is obviously a a, like a much older country than we are. We're like a baby country yeah, in Canada compared new. to them. So they've been around the block like a hundred more times than we have. So maybe it's just like they got there faster because of that. I can't say for sure. Yeah. Like the time that I spent in the UK, it didn't seem drastically different from our system, but there definitely were differences that I was like, okay, that's good. That's good. You do that better than us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, oh, you guys are doing good. Yes. Oh, yes. oh that's, that's, that way's better. That's good. That's better. Let's um, try that. So the UK specifically, I'm not entirely yeah. sure, but I know I've read research from like, again, Northern European countries that are, are having a lot of success with this yeah. rehabilitation technique in terms of like really low recidivism rates. Yeah. So... It's just one of those things where... If the math checks out, the math is checking out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, they have a really small population, too, in comparison to somewhere like the States. So it is yeah. hard. It's hard to just, like, full-fledged implement something on, like, over 300 million people in yeah. in a country that, like, has a lot of different philosophies, even yeah. from state to state. Canada, I even feel like, is... Like, we've got a lot of divide, too. We do. We we have a much smaller population, but we're, like, a massive country as well. Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard to say what's right and wrong. But yeah. I think, definitively, if something is not working, we should change it. And it doesn't think – it doesn't feel like things are working that well. No. It doesn't. I could be wrong, it doesn't, but it does doesn't it? feel like they're it working that well. It feel like Sometimes it. it's like, oh, that's working good in the, like, rare case where I'm like, yeah, lock their ass up forever and – toss them in the fucking chair but yeah sometimes but that's like we're the like oh, time okay, i'm like yeah. oh thank god justice. that feels like the right thing happened yeah I yeah know. i know yeah but at the same time it's just i uh, uh <laughs> i just i don't have it left in me. you don't have the answer becky they're waiting on you for the I answer know, i know i'm sorry guys <laughs> they're ready to write the legislation i know, I know. <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> Can you imagine if you and me had any kind of no? Like it just no, would never we'd happen. Fuck it up. So we'd be hard, like, man. I don't know. Just like give him some cookies. We'd, like, <laughs> we'd be like Bruce Almighty when he becomes God. We'd be like, oh, this, and then like Do everything this. goes to shit. And then you're like, oh fuck, I thought that was gonna be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shit, I really thought that was gonna work. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I yeah. I have no words left. I think. Yeah, I'm done. I think the words have left my body for like good. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a ride. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I was saying before, where I was just like, it's. Yeah, I do see what you were saying before now. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of like a, it's con- it's morally conflicting. Yeah, yeah, I see that now. Yeah, and I see that. You guys can just like let us know where you yeah, stand. Yeah, honestly, on this. I would love to hear your thoughts on this yeah. case because this is one of those ones where we're like. I could talk this out for yeah. hours. Um, and sometimes, like, hearing someone else's perspective, too, like, really does, for me, often, like, unlocks, like, a train of thought that I didn't have. And it's like, okay, that is a new perspective. And now I can explore that and, like, understand better 
why maybe path A works better with like a harsher punishment or, you know, it's like hearing other people's perspective can really... I don't know, change. Yeah, or anything that we talked about. If you're in the UK and you yeah. feel like, you know... Things aren't good or something. Yeah, or like the rehabilitative technique is not being implemented or like, and you know anything about the criminal justice system that you'd like to inform us about. Please. Um, anything, anything at all. We would love to chat with you guys. Hey, just ask us how we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just like <laughs> hit us up. what I ate for breakfast. Just, yeah, because yeah, like we'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess on that note, sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash howtonotgetkilled. And if you ever want to chat and connect with us, you can send us an email to howtonotgetkilled at gmail.com. Or you can DM us or comment on our posts on Instagram at howtonotgetkilled. And you can follow us on Twitter at h2ngk. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you. And keep it extra mega sleazy. Please do. Do it, always. Always.